Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast, informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host and friend, Sean Ferrari. And today we're going to do something a little different. And we wanted to mix this up. So I want to just put some context to it. So sometimes we'll have guests. Sometimes it'll just be Sean and I talking about what's going on in, in the world of currency and cash. And then sometimes, because we're so lucky to be affiliated with the currency research, we're going to take some of the currency research phenomenal content and repurpose it here so our listeners that might have missed an event get to hear it. Sean, over to you, my friend. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, so we're going to do something a little different here, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We at Currency Research held a webinar a couple weeks ago, and we had some fantastic content, and it ties well with what we've been talking about here on the Cash News podcast. So one of the speakers was Alex Bao uh, with the Federal Reserve System's Cash Product Office, and he gave a great overview of what happened with the Cash Diary Study. So enjoy this snippet from our webinar from a couple weeks ago and enjoy Alex. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here with all of you today. Uh, as Sean mentioned, my name is Alex Bao, and I am the vice president of the data and policy analysis team within the Federal Reserve's Cash Product Office. For those of you that are not familiar with my group, we perform research into how cash is being used here in the U.S., how that um, usage might be evolving over time, and then how this cash supply chain is evolving also to meet those needs over time. So today, as Sean mentioned, I'd like to share a bit about what we're seeing with cash trends uh, from our latest diary of consumer payment choice, which collected data from October of 2020, as well as a supplemental survey that we fielded in April of this year. And by the way, I did like that get coin moving ticker that Ashley had. So feel free to add it to my feed anytime if, uh, if uh, it is available. So um, on the next slide, perfect, thank you. So today I'm gonna to touch on three areas for discussion and update on some of the high level cash trends that we are observing here in the US as we begin to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we'll then dig into the data from our latest diary and supplemental survey. And then finally, since I am from the Federal Reserve, I will touch briefly on how this relates to our Fed cash mission. So going to the next slide and actually one more, um, thanks Sean. So as background, uh, it's useful to describe the payment system in the US just as, a, as at a very high level where we have 332 million residents approximately uh, making about 230 billion payments annually of which we at least used to estimate 70 billion were in cash. Um, those are pre-pandemic numbers. We've been a little bit hesitant to update this just given the continued uncertainty um, about how much of that may hold versus how much may uh, return to some previous numbers. Um, but as you will see in later slides, this number would be changed if we did use our October 2020 payment data. Um, for now, we'll leave it here, but you'll probably see this updated over time, especially as we get a sense of just how consumers' payment preferences have shifted and, and um, how that might look over the long term. 
In the green area, you see uh, what the banking industry looks like in the U.S. Uh, we do service approximately 11,000 financial institutions, and there are about a half million ATMs in the U.S. Those financial institutions, in turn, receive financial services from the Federal Reserve System, which is a, a network of 12 Federal Reserve Bank districts that have a footprint of 28 banks and branches across the country. In those Federal Reserve branches, we process about 33 billion notes on our high-speed sorting equipment each year. Going to the next slide, um, this still looks at what's happening in the U.S. at a very high level. Um, one way that we look at demand for cash is um, with currency in circulation. And that's what you see here on this chart. Many of you have likely seen this in the past. Um, and it is very interesting just to see that very significant spike up once the pandemic hit and shelter in place uh, edicts went into place. Um, as of now, we stand at about 2.2 trillion worldwide of US currency in circulation. And you see here that on the chart, we actually break this out into volume, into billions of notes and by uh, denomination categories. So we have the lower denominations in gray at the bottom, the medium denominations in light blue, and then the higher denominations in dark blue. And a couple of things I'll, I'll mention here. Um, it is interesting to see that all denominations have increased in terms of uh, uh, currency in circulation. But what you can see in the chart um, is that most of the increase was a result of increased 20s, 50s, and 100s, suggesting that cash is being used in, as a store of value versus um, transactional. And uh, I think this touches on, on what Ashley mentioned, um, as well as what you don't see in the chart, which is our volumes. So even though every denomination went up, that's on a, a net basis, right? So we pay out more than we receive back, then currency in circulation will go up. And really, when we look at the lower denoms, uh, we did see that the, it did increase on a net basis. But really, on our side, we saw both receipts and orders for uh, ones through fives uh, decline. It's just that the receipts declined faster than the, the order volume. Going to the next slide. Another way to think about CIC is where it's being um, held or where it's being used. And we thought that this might be an, an interesting chart to share with the, the, the audience today. What you see here is how much uh, financial institutions or depository institutions are holding in their vaults with cash. And you can see here we did include what that looked like before the pandemic really hit, where um, before the pandemic, they were holding about 62 billion in their cash vaults. Once the, the shelter in place orders went into effect, you see that that really increased to a high of 95 billion. And we're still sitting around 80 to 85 billion um, when we, we take a look at it at the aggregate level. And really, you know, what this speaks to, I think, is a few different things. Obviously, the, the pandemic had a lot of uncertainty. So during times of uncertainty, it makes sense to hold a little bit of cash just in case, and, and that holds true for, for banks as well. In addition, um, there were the stimulus efforts that Ashley mentioned, and naturally we, uh, banks did want to prepare to, to meet the demand for that across the country. Going to the next slide. Um, what we hear, have here um, is now we're, we're digging into what happened with the diary data. And so now we're zooming into the ground level. And 
as what as we just were talking about with what we're seeing with the bank holdings, um, we also see that with consumer holdings, and that's what you see here. We have a couple different ways that we measure cash holdings at the consumer level within the diary. On the left, you see how much consumers are holding with um, their purse or wallet, and then on the right, you see how much consumers are holding in their household. So whether that's a, a, a safe or a drawer or the proverbial mattress, um, you can see that there, there's a couple different stories here. On the left hand, uh, you see that consumers are roughly holding about the same amount in their purse or wallet. And, and that's probably not too surprising. Uh, cash is generally a, a contingent or a back, backup payment instrument in case a, a card or another payment uh, method is not accepted or uh, the payment network is down. And it's likely that even though consumers didn't have many opportunities to use cash during the, 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 the main part of the lockdown, um, it didn't necessarily mean that they changed just how much cash was sitting in their, their purse or wallet. On the other hand, if you take a look on the right side, you see how much consumers were reporting holding in their households. And not too surprisingly, that did increase. Um, and you do see a similar story as to the, the amount that they were holding and when they started holding more, as we did see with the, the banks. So as uh, the pandemic started and the lockdown started to take effect, consumers held more. And as uncertainty increased or maintained, uh, they, they still held on to that amount. Uh, this is going to be something that we're going to continue to, to watch and monitor. Um, as you can see, it did increase all the way through April. And the question is also what happens when the economy returns to whatever normal looks like in the future. Going to the next slide, um, here you'll see the high-level breakdown of payment types that uh, consumers used in the latest diary. So you'll see here that we have the last few diaries. Uh, so that would be October 2018, October 2019, and then October 2020, which is really the first one we had since the, the pandemic hit. And it was interesting to take a look at how cash as a, a share of total transactions that consumers reported stayed about steady at 26% before the pandemic to the relatively uh, strong decline in 2020. Again, this isn't necessarily surprising. In, in October 2020, there was uh, some level of reopening, but there still was a lot of uh, limitations in how uh, consumers maybe would go out. And given that we had spent so much time in lockdown, it might not be too surprising that uh, they weren't necessarily shopping in the same way as before. The other thing to point out here that we don't have on these charts is just that um, as a whole, the average number of transactions that consumers reported did decline as well. So we saw about a five um, transaction decline in how many they, they did report. So uh, while cash did decline, the actual number does look potentially a little bit more significant, but you, we do find that this um, percentage breakdown looks um, a little bit more um, relevant when we when we think about the fact that payments as a whole might have declined. We do see that both credit and debit, or sorry, actually credit really took a, a majority of the, the increase. Uh, debit did decline slightly. Um, and naturally with ACH, uh, that's less about the in-person transactions. So now as we take a look at uh, payment preference, uh, what we see here as uh, 
cash as a payment preference also declined um, as consumers shifted their preference to debit and credit cards. Um, and as preferences have been sticky over the years, uh, how they report their preferences in the 2021 diary will be interesting and may shed light on the longer term impact of COVID-19 on payments. Uh, one of my team members, Sean O'Brien, which many of you may have heard from in previous presentations, has done some research into this, the stickiness of payment preferences. And what we see is if a consumer shifts from say uh, cash to credit, it does take a little time for them to actually fully um, move a lot of their transactions over to credit. So um, that's where we'll continue to monitor this to see how this, this uh, shakes out over uh, coming diaries. Going to the next slide. Um, here, what we look at is we break out the, the transactions um, across age groups and perhaps not too surprisingly, the decline uh, for cash usage did take place across all age groups. And in general, uh, this chart that breaks down the demographics is similar to what you might have seen in the past. As uh, we look at older demographics, they do use more cash versus the younger demographics other than the 18 to 24 category since they may have fewer options in in terms of how they get um, money to pay for things they may still be getting a lot of um, cash or money from from friends and family so uh, they may still need cash as a as a percentage um, at a higher level versus say once they enter the workforce going to the next side um, so here the main reason uh, that the share of cash usage declined in the diary was really because of fewer small value payments. And that's what we focus on here on this chart. Um, and that's what you see on, on the left here. Uh, we look at the transactions that were under $25. And what you see here is that traditionally that has been a mainstay for cash. Um, and with 2020, that really did significantly decline. Now, it is important to, to just note that people aren't necessarily shopping in the same way as before and that they may have consolidated previous uh, shopping trips from say three or four stops to one or two. And again, that, that question of whether that's a permanent shift in shopping habits or if it is still just a, a remnant of kind of the, the, the stance that we are all in due to the pandemic is still to be determined. It might be somewhere in between, um, but it is obviously something that we're watching. And you can see that um, that also plays out with the average uh, monthly cash spending on, on the right. So we don't really see consumers spending that much less cash. So maybe it was a matter of just consolidating um, trips or um, you know something else that we'll continue to dig into over time. Here, touching on the small value payments a bit more, um, this, this, this decrease in small value payments is also co correlated with a decrease in the share of payments made in person as online shopping increased. So here you can see uh, that we've broken out the, the size of the payment for different merchant categories in the diary on the right. And on the left, uh, you see just how many transactions consumers reported have, uh, performing in-store versus uh, or in-person versus not in-person. And this does take out bills since we do know that those are generally speaking electronic. So taking those out to see just what consumers are doing in terms of day-to-day uh, -day shopping gives us that breakdown of uh, not in-person in blue and in-person in green. And in previous presentations, we had noted that while many of us do see opportunities to shop, um, say, online, 
when we look at the nation as a whole, that that increase in online shopping did happen very slowly until the pandemic. So we do see that big jump in 2020 from 13% online to 20% online. And on the right again, you can see how some of those uh, those pay, those purchases um, are broken out between the two years for some of the the key categories we're we're going to dig into. Since we know that many of these may have used or had more opportunities for cash usage in the past, but um, that online options uh, really did pick up with the pandemic. And um, again, whether those those consumers stick with those online options or they go back to in-person shopping is something we're closely watching and analyzing. So going to the next slide, I think I only have a, uh, this might be the, the last one on the, the diary. Um, in-person payments continue to uh, remain well below pre-pandemic levels, uh, which is likely reducing cash use. And what this also exacerbates is that coin continues to circulate at rates well below what we saw before the pandemic. So I'm glad that we still have that, that ticker at the bottom um, moving because we, we do really appreciate everyone's help in, in getting that message out to, to help get the, the circulation patterns back to um, as normal as possible. So what you see here on this slide is uh, the number of consumers that reported having an in-person payment in the last 30 days on the left. And not too surprisingly, there was a, a, a lot of people that would have at least one in-person payment in the last 30 days before the pandemic. There was a big hit during the lockdowns. And while it's rebounded, it hasn't rebounded to the same level as before. So something also just to continue to watch. Um, and this is more of just like a, a helpful gauge of how many people are shopping in person. It obviously does not speak to how many trips or how many shopping events they have during the last 30 days. And as we look at the right, just uh, we do utilize the diary and the survey to uh, get a pulse on how consumers are using coins. Uh, not too surprisingly, it might be lower on the priority list if they are going out shopping um, rather than taking those coins in for redemption. Um, they may be more focused on just what they need to get accomplished during the shopping trip. So finally, um, I'll just touched on this briefly, um, it wouldn't be a cash product office presentation without at least briefly touching on our Fed cash mission. So I do think it's safe to say that we have seen significant shifts in the way that consumers are paying for goods and services and that we still are in an uncertain time. Uh, between continued news about COVID variants and what the new normal looks like for all of us as our recovery happens at different paces across the nation, we in the Federal Reserve do want to ensure that banks and the public can continue to obtain the cash that they need. Some of these, like the disruption to the coin circulation patterns, are more challenging than others, but we will continue to plan for a range of possible future scenarios and seek to make sure that our operations are flexible, agile, and resilient as possible. And we do this through focusing on those multi-year high-priority objectives that you see on the right, and also through our continued partnerships with others in the cash supply chain. So uh, we know that we're not out of the woods yet, and we want to continue to engage with the industry to make sure that at in the end of the day, um, consumers can get access to the cash and coin they need, as well as continue to maintain confidence in the usage of U.S. currency over time. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed some of that content that Kurt T. Research was able to provide for us. 
As always, thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe. Over to you, Sean. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed that content from our webinar. It was definitely great to hear that perspective. And please attend the upcoming Currency Research event in San Diego in December, where we'll have that discussion again uh, with some more detail in a panel format. And we really hope you come and can partake in that. But other than that, thanks, Tom. And we look forward to seeing everyone again soon. Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.